0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Nashville Life. My name is Alvin. For those of you who are here for the first time, I serve as lead pastor here. I'm glad you're with us. Um, Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Any uh, Eagles fans? I saw some (laughs) jerseys. Yes. Uh, Kansas City? Okay. (laughs) Who doesn't care? Oh, wow. 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 Byron said he's ready for the wings. Um, well, bless you and bless your stomachs today. Um, I hope you all have a great day, regardless of where you stand with, with uh, the bowl. But um, it's been a great weekend. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we came off an amazing uh, love and marriage conference yesterday. Great turnout, great sessions. The Bevere's came, and between them and uh, our founding pastors, Pastor Love and Pastor Cece, we had uh, a really powerful time. Um, I was already enjoying it, but I'm even more excited to be married than I was before yesterday um, because of just the vision that the Lord shared and the way he blessed Me and Jasmine, who um, I've been married to now for three months. We've been three solid, solid months. Um, Can't wait to celebrate Valentine's Day with you. Tuesday. Tuesday. It's a random day for Valentine's Day, Tuesday, but we're going to make it a great Tuesday. Um, yes, so we've got uh, yeah, we had a great day. I'm just still on a high from that, honestly, and I want to thank everybody that was involved. We had an incredible team, uh, Marion and Lucy and all of the guest services and production. People just showed up, and the hospitality was great. The Bevere's felt very loved. Um, and I was just really proud of our church, really proud of our church for hosting um, our Love and Marriage Conference. Um, but we are back um, in our part two of our Freedom Series. Before we get into it, I would like for us to repeat these words after me, if you can. Say, the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. in the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Awesome. Um, We are in the February series, part two of a series on freedom. And uh, it's a three-part series because the last Sunday of February, as you saw, we have our Vision Sunday. I'm going to talk A lot about just the vision of our church. We're going to have a great family meeting at the end. And it's just going to be updates on just all the growth that's happening and some some cool things that we're um, adding on to our church. Um, so I'd love for y'all to be here for that. But um, the series for freedom will be three-part, and this is part two. I'm trying to preach freedom this month from a perspective that might be different than what you're used to. Last week, I kind of laid the foundation that freedom, if you look in Scripture, it's a lot more than just escaping bad stuff. Um, but it's really about pursuing Good and rich and abundant things that God has for your future. God actually has ordained uh, a blessed and a rich and abundant and a fruitful and a fulfilling future for your life. I don't know if you guys realize that in Christ, we are promised a hope and a future and an eternity that is way better than anything we've experienced before. And it's so important for us to understand that and to be vision-minded, because I believe that when you pursue freedom as a green light into all the amazing things that God has for your future, it's a lot more of a successful and proactive approach and it's a lot more enjoyable than uh, the other side of it of just having so much emphasis on needing to just break free from your past. And you know, so often, I'm not saying that we don't need to acknowledge our past, but I feel like some of us, we can emphasize our past so much to where we never really get free from it because we're always talking about it. And the Lord's saying, at some point, we've got to really turn our focus from what's happening or what happened back there to what's ahead. And that was last week. This week I want to continue in that same kind of proactive approach to freedom. And I want to share with you that freedom is uh, less about what you are taking away and more about what you're putting on and more about what you're adding. Um, but let me, let me do a review and cover what many of us um, might already know about freedom. Uh, Hebrews 12, chapter one. Sorry, chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. We covered this last week. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, which is basically since there's been so many men and women who have gone before us and have walked in faith and experienced incredible things, since we have these amazing examples of what a life of faith can look like, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, another translation says which ensnares us and entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Um, Freedom is the absence of weights and sins that lessen our ability to run our race. All of us are on a race. We all have a start, and we all have a finish that the Lord is calling us to, and it's a big finish. It's a glorious finish. It's a victorious finish, and this race takes endurance. So the scripture is saying, if we're going to run this race and end successfully, we've got to lay aside these weights and these uh, snares that are keeping us stuck from all the amazing stuff that's ahead. Uh, Galatians 5, chapter, oh my gosh, I keep on doing that. Ver, chapter five, verse one. Galatians 5, one, this says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. This is a jam-packed passage. To not submit again to the yoke of slavery Uh, for this scripture to make sense i want to make sure everybody's caught up and that is uh sharing with you that our lives before we are free from sin um, by the power of christ there is a spiritual unseen yoke uh, or like a chain or even a leash for you dog owners. It's a, there's a yoke, there's an attachment uh, that is on us for labor purposes. And this creates a slave master relationship um, where the human being is the slave and the master is whatever it is that we are yoked to, whatever it is that we are chained to, whichever one is giving us our labor orders. And there's a long list of possible masters that we can have in our life, and this is not even half of them. But just as I was thinking, possible masters that you could be yoked to before the power of Christ is uh, lust. There's pride. There's there's the yoke of fear. There's the master of your career. There's envy, where you are. Dic- envy dictates your life. There's ambition, where ambition is what drives and tells you what to do and what not to do. Um, Some of us are under the yoke of anger. Um, There's the yoke of shame, where shame dictates your life. Um, There's the yoke of money, the master of money. There's the master of status. There's the yoke of friends. Um, Even entertainment can be a master for us. Alcohol or other substances. Um, some of us are mastered by our kids. Um, food can be a yoke. and um, Attention can be a master or a, a, a yoke in your life. Pleasure. Some of us, we are guided by only what feels good, and pleasure is what tells us what to do. Notice that some of these things are good, and some of these things are bad, but regardless of what they are, anything that becomes a master in your life now you are under a yoke of slavery to that thing. And the Bible tells us that these yokes have to be removed in order for us to be free. And this is where Jesus comes in. Jesus did something very special on the cross when he died on the cross he shed his blood and his blood was not like any other human blood it had a supernatural ability to break these spiritual yokes off of your life so when he shed his blood he was actually able to sever the chains of these masters that I listed and so many more masters Um, So whenever a person chooses to turn to Jesus in faith, the Holy Spirit allows the power of his blood to manifest in your life and break these chains off of your life. And once these chains are broken, you are free, right? Wrong. Uh, Scripture shows us that human beings... Have to be yoked to something. People must be yoked to something. It is human nature, and this might be a news flash for some of you guys who didn't think anybody was telling you what to do. Some of you guys are on one of the biggest deceptions, and the phrase is, I'm just doing me. You're not doing you. You are doing the agenda of someone or something whether you realize it or not. The deception of neutrality is completely running rampant. We all, human beings, all of us have to belong to something or someone. All of us have to worship and give ourselves and commit ourselves to something or someone. Another way to put it is there is no such thing as a yokeless person. There is no such thing as a yokeless person. We don't have a choice to being yoked to something. We have a choice of what that yoke is. But all of us have a yoke. The question is, what is it? Jesus put it very perfectly when he said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Jesus offers two possible scenarios. In both scenarios, you are worshiping and devoted and committed to one thing. There is no option that he gave to where you're not loving either. You will will either serve one or you will serve the other. And then it says you cannot serve God and money. So another way to look at the scripture is Jesus is saying one man can't serve two masters, but he has to serve one. There is something in your life. There is someone in your life that you are serving and you are committing your life to. And a lot of people miss this when it comes to breaking free from sin and breaking free from addictions and breaking free from unwanted habits or character flaws. And I was one of those people. I missed this for years. My entire high school and honestly college life was me missing what I'm trying to share with you guys today. I would find myself breaking free from sin and, and, and going down and repenting in my church and, or doing what my understanding of repentance was. And the power of God would actually break the chains. I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus is powerful. It breaks the chains. But because I didn't acquire a new master, because I didn't attach myself to a new yoke, Because I didn't find a new thing to worship, in my desperation to be yoked to something, to fill that human void that all of us have, I would have no choice but to revert back to my old yoke and my old master. And I would find myself so frustrated, why am I repenting and going back? Because I was asking God to break the chain of sin, but I was not attaching myself to the chain of righteousness. So we find ourselves these free agents, and none of us can be without a yoke, which is why the scripture says, do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. The Bible says we are like fools who can, like a dog returning back to their vomit, and it's a really gross uh, description or expression, but that's what so many of us find ourselves doing, like, why am I back? It's because you did focus on breaking free from that sin, but you didn't focus on attaching yourself to a new yoke and a new master to drive you towards a new direction. Galatians 5, 1, I'm going to read it again. It says, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. If you continue reading this passage in Galatians and several other scriptures, you will see that you are meant to find a new yoke. And that new yoke is the yoke of Jesus Christ. And Jesus describes his yoke, again, perfectly. He was a master at teaching and expressing himself and telling the truth. And in Matthew 11, verse 28, some of you guys have heard this. He says, come to me, I want you guys to understand, and I feel I have to stress this because I think some of us read this and you're reading, you interpret something that Jesus is not saying. In this passage, Jesus does not offer the absence of a yoke. He offers the replacement of a yoke. And many of us are trying to, approach a yokeless life. We think that Jesus is only saying, Let me take that yoke of sin off of you and we're like, great, but he's not saying that. He goes, let me replace the yoke of sin with the with a new yoke. And yes, this yoke is a yoke, and yes, I'm going to be your master, but trust me, it's going to be very different than your former master. The yoke that I'm going to put on you, it's not going to wear you down, it's not going to make you weak, it's actually going to build you up. The yoke that I put on you was tailor-made for your neck because I know your measurements, I know it's a perfect fit, it's not going to give you the splinters that the old yoke gave you, it's going to be a labor, but it's not going to be the same labor that makes you just weary and heavy laden, it's going to be a labor that I'm going to give you the grace for. It's going to be a labor that's going to actually give you life and not suck the life out of you. It's going to be a labor. I am going to be your master. I'm going to be a new yoke, but it's going to be a lot lighter and a lot sweeter than your former yoke. But it is a yoke nonetheless. Galatians 5 tells us the labor that comes with the yoke of sin, and it starts listing all these things like sexual immorality and fits of anger and dissension and, and jealousy. And this is, the, this is the way people work when they're under the yoke of sin. This is the labor that comes. And it is a labor because it's draining. It's exhausting. It gives you headaches. It gives you stress. You have to, it costs you in your finances when you live like this. So it is a work. People who are in sin, they are on the clock. They are working a job. It's it's a job to sin. It costs you. It costs you peace. It costs you money. It costs you relationships. It costs you sleep. It costs you medical bills. Like, there's a lot that comes with that job. And then Galatians 5 talks about the labor that comes when you're yoked to Jesus, when you have the yoke, and that's where we get the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience, which is a job too. <laughs> but it's a sweet one. It's one that adds to your life. It, it, it brings richness and, and fulfillment and fullness and, and legacy and honor and peace. So we got two lines of work here. There's one yoke that leads you to work this way, And there's another yoke, and it's important for us to understand that when you you quit the job of working for sin, you've got to quickly take on the job of working for righteousness. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself in that deceptive, neutral, doing me, enjoying my freedom state, and it's only a matter of time before you revert back. I've yet to see a person break free from sin and not attach themselves to the master of Christ and not go back. And when they go back, it's actually worse. Jesus describes this, again, very well, but he describes it from the perspective of the the old master, of the yoke of sin. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 43, it says, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, It passes through waterless places, seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, the the unclean spirit says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order. Verse 45, then it goes and brings with it, Seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that person is worse than the first. Jesus says, so it will be, also be with you, with this evil generation, sorry. So also will it be with this evil generation. In this story, the sin, the evil master, the old yoke, was cast out successfully. I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus works. He will leave at the name of Jesus. The Bible says that demons tremble at the name of Jesus, and that's a wonderful testimony, but I think we need to understand that it doesn't just end there because they can come back. And the reason why they were able to come back was something that I kind of overlooked for years, but the Scripture says that the house was empty if you don't occupy your house with a new master, your house will be open and vulnerable for all of those spirits to not only come back, but to come back with more worse spirits. And I want to bring clarity because some of us have been afraid to repent because last time I repented and I got on track and I backslid, I got even worse. So me and God just don't work because last time I tried to come back for God, my life actually got worse than it was before. And a lot of us are spooked and scared to even start a life back with Jesus because last time we did and it didn't work, we end up worse. And we started, And the Lord is trying to let you know why. You weren't proactive enough to restock your house with a new master and to fill your house. So therefore, you were vacant and open for him to come back without any resistance. There was no one at the door now saying, this is my house now. I'm telling you guys, you have to belong to someone. I'm telling you, if your house, if it's just you, and I'd say this because it's a common term, if you are just doing you, I'm telling you, you don't have enough to guard your life from those evil spirits that broke free from your life of coming back. So therefore, take on a new yoke. Acquire a new master, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He will take away, not only will he Break the chains off of your life. Not only will he cast the demons out of your house, but he will replace your house with his presence. He will replace those evil spirits with the Holy Spirit. He will replace those unclean spirits with with his will, with his work, with his activity. And you will find yourself occupied And once you're occupied by the spirit of God and you are being led by him and active in following him because you've attached his yoke to your life and you are learning to labor in his vineyard and to work for him, you will find yourself not only being free but staying free and your freedom will have purpose. I'm telling you, freedom has, there's a purpose to freedom and I'll get to that in a second. There's a, I'll say it again. Jesus does not offer the absence of a yoke. He offers the replacement of a yoke. There's a passage in Colossians that really sums up what I'm trying to say. And it talks about the marriage of not only putting off things, but putting on things as well. And and I'm just seeing, guys, from my own experience, from pastoring in this church, and from just reading the scriptures, you, you, you can't... Full freedom is not just removing sin from your life, but it's adding righteousness to your life, adding holiness to your life. I'm going to say it not as good as the scripture. Let me just read the scripture. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8, it says, but now you must put them all away. So now we're talking about what we're supposed to take off, what's supposed to leave our house. It says anger, take it out. Wrath. Wrath. It needs to go. Malice, take it off. Slander, remove it. Obscene talk from your mouth, take it off. This is what we're supposed to take off. Do not lie to one another. Stop lying. Take lying off. Seeing that you have put off the old self. So we cover, and that's important. I'm not trying to diminish the power and the importance of taking off things and casting demons out and breaking chains because that's important. But my point today is that you can't stop there. It says with its practices, verse 10 says, and, everyone say and. and. There is an and. Once you break free, and once you cast off things, don't forget that there is an and. And the lack of this and is why so few of us stay free. Because we're forgetting that there is an and in verse 10. Having put on, everyone say put on. Have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. We're going to skip to verse 12. It says, put on. Everyone say, put on. Put on on, then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Put on compassionate hearts. Put on kindness, put on humility, and meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Verse 14, and above all these, put on, everyone say put on, on. love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. It's the combination of not only putting off, but putting on. And that is what causes true freedom to happen in your life and to sustain in your life. Guys, I am not here so you can have four days of freedom and then back in the dumps or four years of being Free, and then you find yourself in a lower pit than you were before you got saved. That is not what we are here. The gospel has not Jesus didn't die for you to experience 7 months of freedom. And and that, that that's that that's that's just too many of our that's just too many of our stories. Those testimonies, I believe, are actually starting to dominate the full freedom for years, and and I'm and I'm, I'm it's not because you're a bad person. It's not be it's because of what we're, we're we are all we're focusing on breaking free from the old, but we're not focusing on putting on the new enough. And it's the combo that's that's where that's where it, that's where it changes. That's where you start experiencing a lifetime of freedom. Which is what Jesus, Jesus paid the price for you to be free forever. Like, we're not just going for a couple of sweet weeks. Freedom is not only what you're omitting, but it's what you're adding. Freedom is not only what you're omitting, but it is what you're adding. Years ago, I had a uh, this autoimmune situation, and I, I I was taking this approach of uh, I was it was it was connected to what I was eating, and they said you had to had to cut out uh, what they call like inflammatory foods, which was of course everything I liked. So it was like. So like it was dairy, bread, sugar, and meat. So so you can just imagine it was. You know, it was it was it was rough, but I did it. I did it for almost six months, and like if y'all know me, that's a big deal. Um, and my success in in doing this wasn't in what I was not eating, but it became more about what I was. Um, Because if I only remove these foods from my life, the hunger would be too great to where it would just be a matter of time to where I would be craving binging on queso dip and burgers and ice cream and all the things that I want. And that's just human nature. Like, we're not, we can't sustain that level of hunger without just reaching for something. Like, that's just human nature. I'm not a bad person. I'm a human And when a human has an empty stomach, you will eat everything, especially the things you crave. So once, because I realized this, the objective now was not about what I wasn't eating, but I had this new goal, which is not what I thought the goal would be. And my new approach was I had to, my new goal was to never be hungry. So instead of not eating certain things, guys, I was eating all the time, I was eating all the time. Yes, they were grains and lentils and eggs, but I was eating all the time. Before I would go to a birthday party, I would have a big old bowl of collard greens and hot sauce, and I would, I would, I would. Before I went to dinner, I would have uh, lentils and beans and tomato stew. I would have all these things. I was always eating because I realized as long as I wasn't hungry, I was able to stay away from all the foods that the doctor said I wasn't supposed to eat. So it was less about cutting out things and more about staying full. I was full all the time. And it was actually really amazing because as full as I was, I was like in the best shape. I was like, I had hardly any body fat because, but I was eating. I was eating all the time. and A lot of us think it's all about what we're taking out, but guys, no one is built to be that hungry and not binge. And too many of us are saying no to, sin, no to 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 sin. And within 15 minutes, we're sinning like crazy because when you focus on only what you're not doing, instead of being occupied on what you should be doing, that's actually, the, Lord's, the Lord says walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. It doesn't say concentrate on not sinning. I'm telling you, any person who concentrates on not sinning, you it's just a matter of time. You're going to be in a sea of sin. Because guess what? All you're thinking about is sin. Don't do that. Don't do that. That, 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 that. Your mind is full of that. That you should not be doing. Just not, that's, Jesus says, stay full on the things of me. Stay occupied on the things of me. And before you know it, guys, y'all, because I was eating like this, it had been two months, three months, four months since I had an ounce of sugar. And I'm like, that's not normal. That's, that's, that's amazing. But it was because my focus became on staying full. So some of us, I can tell you right now, your schedule is not full enough for the things of God. Some of us are breaking free from sin, and then you go home, and you just sit around, and it's just a matter of time. You can't afford not to have righteous things in your calendar. You got to have that life group in your calendar. You got to have, you should be serving. You should be doing, you should be in the word. I'm telling you, I promise you, if you are full, if you are making a point to be around other saints, talking about the word of God, and make that a priority in your life, You won't even have to think about not sinning because you're going to be so occupied with the things of God. And then you're going to go, oh, my God, it's been five weeks since that addictive behavior. And it wasn't because you were trying not to do it. You were just trying to do the things of God. And I know some of you guys go, it can't be that simple. It can't be that simple. But I'm telling you, God is not a liar. He is not a liar. We have been missing it not because it's hard, but because it's the... The approach, it's the approach, and your intentions are right. Most people who are living in sin, a lot of them don't want to. It's not because you don't have the right intentions, but you might not have the right approach, which is why we're big on next steps here. We're always trying to tell, what are you adding on to your faith? What is the next stage? Because, the, because to me, the, the biggest demise to the believer is that stagnant state. Of where you're not pursuing the next thing in God, um, our steps at our church is it's know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. That's not just a cute thing that we made up. Like this is actually the progression of how we stay in the things of God and keeping our eyes forward of, of, and, and what's ahead. Put it this way, I have yet, and I've only been in this for 11 years, but I've yet to see a person stop at find freedom and stay free. I've yet to see someone get free, and they go, cool, I'm free now, and they're still free two years later. The only ones who stay free are the ones who add to their freedom purpose and then get busy laboring in the vineyard in the kingdom of God. When you realize that your freedom has a purpose and start, let your freedom be a driver to the purpose and the things that you're called to do, which is where that yoke comes from. That yoke is the Lord so he can show you how to work for the Lord and how to serve in his kingdom, how to be in his vineyard. And now your freedom has purpose. Your freedom has a job. Put your freedom to work. And you will find yourself staying free. And not only staying free, but you'll get even more muscles in your freedom. This is a lot more proactive than we've been giving it credit for. Freedom has just been abstinence from bad stuff. And that's just a shallow pool. We're missing on the purpose of our freedom. Freedom. There's a purpose to it. You got to discover that. You got to ask God, okay, yeah, you set me free from those things, but what have you set me free for? What can I do now that I'm not addicted to that thing that I couldn't do when I was addicted? We need to start asking ourselves those questions. Now that those chains aren't on me, what can I do now? Like, what? that I couldn't do when the chains were on me. None of us, I don't think we're we're asking ourselves that enough. And I ask for you guys to really consider the purpose of your freedom. And when you're full and active in righteousness, when you're pursuing proactively the things of God, It works. It works. Last scripture I want to read in Romans 13. This drives home the point even more. Romans 13, 12 through 14. It says, so then let us cast off the works of darkness. And, everyone say and. And. I hope that y'all just, all y'all see are the ands now in scripture when you read. And put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, and not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, Not in quarreling and jealousy, but, everyone say, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. If you're full on Jesus, there will be no room for your flesh to get what it wants. When you are full of the Holy Spirit, there will be no room for the flesh to get what it wants. When your calendar is full of building the kingdom, there will be no time to sin. Some of y'all got too much time. There's too many doors. Fill your life. Fill your heart. Fill your mind. And you, it, it, it works. I've done it. I've done both. I've experienced both and only one produced success in my life. And that is when it became less about breaking free from the old and more about running—not even walking, not jogging—running towards the new. Running towards the new, because yeah. it kept my eyes forward, and I didn't have time to look back. Remember, I'll end with this. This was one of my, my notes. This was one of those G things Jesus did. He said, "Remember Lot's wife." And that's all he said. And then he just walked away. I was like, oh, my gosh, that was so sweet. He didn't have to preach it. Remember the girl that looked back. And that's that's all he said. I loved it. Um, Guys, let's keep our eyes forward. Let's put on Christ. Let's be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you've been filled already, then get full again because I'm telling you like me at that diet as long as my as long as I had lentils in my stomach there was no room for the cake as long as I had greens in my stomach there was no room for the cheese and I and I was actually healed my the healing was 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 amazing everything deflamed. my life was it was it was awesome yeah um so let's pray, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for freedom, Lord, I thank you for redefining um, what freedom is for us and Lord, addressing our approach to freedom. Lord there's people here who who want to detach from the yoke of slavery. They don't want to be a slave to sin anymore. They do not want to be a slave to those habits and to those those issues from the past. They want to break free, God, and I know you you see that. And I think that's why they're here. That's why they're watching online because because we want to break free, Lord. So I thank you, God, for for teaching us in your word what it takes to experience supernatural freedom, Lord, and that there is an important and in the plan. Lord, we should not only be breaking free from the old yoke, but we have to put on the yoke, which is you, Jesus. Lord, you're a friend, you're kind, you're gentle. But God, I pray, Lord, that you reveal yourself as master to this room today. Lord, I feel that you need to reintroduce yourself to the people in this room as master. Holy Spirit. Reveal Jesus as master. Jesus, we need you to be our master. We cannot lead ourselves into heaven. We can't lead ourselves into righteousness. We have to be led. We are sheep and without a shepherd we are lost. Without someone leading and directing us and instructing us, we're scattered and helpless, God. Vulnerable to the wolves. God, we've, we've experienced what it's like not yielding to you as master. We, we don't want to try that way anymore, God. So we don't just ask for you to break the power of sin over our lives. We don't just ask for you to help us shake off that bad habit or that character flaw or that issue God but we want to be in pursuit of righteousness we don't want to just escape darkness we want to pursue light help us fix our eyes on what you have for us to be and what you have for us to do. Lord, let us add on to our faith today. Let today be a day where we're putting on the new self. We're putting on the armor of light. We're putting on the helmet of salvation. We're putting on the breastplate of righteousness. We're putting on the belt of truth. We're putting on the shoes to carry the gospel. We're putting on the garment of praise. We're putting on kindness and meekness. We're putting on compassion. We're putting on vision. Lord, keep us occupied in the things of God. Let us make whatever change we need to to our schedules, to our calendars, so that we are occupied with the things of God, so that when that old spirit and that old master tries to come back, like Jesus said that he would, He won't be able to get in because we're full of a new thing. We're full of a new heart. We're full of a new spirit. We're full of a new plan and a new vision. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us a hope and a future. Holy Spirit, we ask for you to make us hungry for the righteousness of God. Make us hungry for the word of God. Make us hungry for the plans of God. Lord, thank you for reminding us that our freedom has a purpose and that purpose is meant to make a difference, an eternal difference in the lives of others. In Jesus' name, amen. going to leave a little time for the holy spirit to speak to your hearts. You can close your eyes, you can stand. Let this be a time of putting on. Ask the lord, what am I what do I need to put on today? What do I need to add to my life today? Ask him for practical things, like practical things to add on. Practical things to add on to your life. We are yoked to you, Jesus. You are our master. You are our shepherd. We will no longer follow another voice no matter how familiar that voice is, the voice of our old master, the voice of our old yoke, our old ways. Lord, speak to us so that your voice will drown out any other old voice. Let us keep our ears close to you. In Jesus name. I'm gonna ask us all to stand. We're gonna close. But I wanna make a point for everybody here to, to choose Jesus as, as, as Lord. And I wanna say specifically as master today because Lord and master mean the same thing, but I think maybe we've become desensitized the word Lord and yes he is Lord but I think we just kind of say it without really thinking about what we're saying and that is Jesus is our our master now he's our authority now he's the one who tells us what to say and what to do and where to go and if some of us are honest with yourself, like you got to ask yourself is he really that is he really that I'm not asking I know he's your savior But just because he's your savior doesn't mean he's actually your master. Just because he forgave you, it doesn't mean that you have given him the right to tell you what to do. And that's what I'm, the altar call today is have you given Jesus the right to tell you what to do with your life? Have you given him the right to tell you what to do with your day? Have you given him the right to lead you? That's the question. That's the altar call today. Not if, not if he's your Savior. Yes, yes. but is he your master? Freedom only comes when he's your master. If you're ready to make Jesus your master today and your Lord today, repeat these words after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ Is the Son of God. I believe that He died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person in Christ. Lord Jesus, I choose you to be. The Lord of my life, the master of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let's all say amen. Let's thank God. Let's praise the Master. Let's praise the Lord. Let's praise the King. Let's praise our King, our Lord, our Master, our Shepherd, our Leader. Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, we honor you. We will follow you. We trust you. congratulations to everyone who made that choice or who reconfirmed that choice that Jesus is more than your friend. He is your master as well. And he's a good one. He's a good one. He's such a good one. He's way better than your old one. Way better than the old one. He's a good master. He's a good shepherd. He's a good king. If you trust him, he will blow you away. He will bless your life in ways that you never thought possible. So I, play, I pray that over you today. Um, if you said yes to the Lord, we got some next steps for you because your salvation has a purpose. Uh, you can come down for prayer and let us know. We can give you next steps that way. If you come down for prayer, you can text Uh, belong to 77411 and we can share with you next steps for that and we actually have next steps today uh, after the second service, third floor it's not long but we would love to connect with you and just help connect you to what's next for you now that you are um, here now that you are coming to this church now that you are in this season of your life we want to help you um, and I pray that you you come. We would love to connect with you. We got a good one today. You'll get out plenty of time for the game, so don't, don't be nervous. Uh, I love you. I believe in what God is doing in your life, and I can sense his presence here, and I think something shifted for a lot of you, and my prayer is that you experience a sustaining and a purposeful freedom that you've not known before, and it's going to be good. It's going to be really good, and we get to enjoy it together. And I want to pray. I want to thank you all again for coming, and praise God. Father, thank you for your presence. Lord, thank you for your word. I pray a blessing over every person that's in this room. I pray a blessing, Lord, over their families, over their futures. God, I thank you that you have uh, been made master and king over the lives of the people in this room, God. And I just pray that they would experience uh, such a change, such a good change in their life because of who's leading them now. I pray your spirit over them, God. Uh, Protect them as they go throughout the week and build your kingdom through their jobs and their families, God, and bring people to you. And Lord, let us all meet back here at the appointed time. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. Have a great rest of your day. I love you all.